You're listening to Eddie Edster's Launchpad, part of the Hampton Academies Trust. It's the school where stars go to dream, believe, and shine. This is your captain speaking. We've been cleared for departure. Okay, Eddie, start the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Launchpad, the Dogsthorpe Infant School podcast for parents, children, teachers and schools. On the Launchpad, Lisa Forsyth. She's a teacher, she's an author and she's a mum. And she's speaking to us from Madrid. It's lovely to have you on the show, Lisa. Nice to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Now, the great great thing about having you on the show, Lisa, is that uh, you've got a, a great handbook Simple Activities for Toddlers, a practical play-at-home handbook. So during the pandemic, Spain was hit really, really hard. And lots of people were reaching out to me with my teaching expertise, going, please help. I need some ideas of what I can do with my child at home while I'm juggling also being a full-time worker. So I started an Instagram account and just put activity ideas out that I did with my son, Thomas, and it grew. And then somebody gave me the idea. They're like, why don't you write a book? You can reach more people. And I thought, well, okay, I can look into it, but I haven't been an author before. And it just came naturally. And so I published that in March 2021. And so the book is full of ideas that parents can easily do at home. Because during our lockdown, we didn't have shops and things that were open. And so I had to use the resources we had at home. So things like recyclables, very basic craft supplies, things that are in your pantry. And so that means when you have this book in your home, you can easily send your child to collect an egg carton. And one of the activities is using that and transforming it into a whale. And so the activities in the book are to help parents, those who aren't crafty, those who aren't scientific, just parents who are so busy, that they want to bond and connect with their child and to have an alternative to screens. So the idea of the book is there is not just one type of play. There are so many different types of play. So it's not just full of crafts. There are activities in there that you can do with using your imagination and creativity. So you might be setting up a little tea party with your child and some make-believe food or perhaps some real food. And it's the conversations that you have in order to interact. And so play doesn't mean that your child is not learning because play is the way that children learn. Play can be fun. And it doesn't need a thousand items to sit down on the floor and have some fun with your child. So it's bringing it right back to basics and empowering parents and giving them confidence just to have a go. One of the the best testimonials I received from a parent was, oh, no, I never used to do arts and crafts with my child because I just don't do that. I'm not crafty. But after having your book, I realised, oh, wow, I can do it. And now my child really enjoys that, and I have to admit I enjoy doing those activities as well. And so I think that's a really powerful message to parents 
it is for toddlers, as it says in the title, but it's not age dependent. It is more about where your child is in their development. The activities are open-ended. And so families that have many children, let's say their eldest is 10, the 10-year-old likes opening up the book and go, oh, I'm going to do this activity. And they can easily gather the items and they play teacher with the younger children. And so the whole reason for me writing the book was to help parents, but actually to help families. And because I live in Spain, obviously I'm a bilingual family, and I know how important it is to understand vocabulary when you're trying to interact with your child. When you're in a new language, it's just overwhelming being able to communicate. So every activity in my book actually has vocabulary suggestions. So words that you can introduce when doing an activity. So if you are doing a craft activity and you just think, oh no, I don't know how to explain this in English, you can have a look and the words are there for you. And so that helps you with your learning as a parent, but it also helps your children. When I've been in the classroom over the last 16 years, a lot of children's parents who are about to enter reception, the first year of school, they're going from nursery and they bring out the little notebook and their pen and they have a thousand questions. Do they need to know their alphabet? Is that capital letters? Lowercase letters? But then someone mentioned phonics and somebody said that their child is reading level 20. I'm like, take a deep breath. It's okay. Every child comes to school at a different place in their learning yeah, journey. Exactly. We want the best for them. And the best thing that you can do in your home is to play with your child. And these activities, they are teaching your child perhaps how to share. That's a big one. It is teaching your children about waiting their turn. Perhaps it is teaching them the alphabet, but I can tell you now that's not the most important thing that they need to know when they're going to school. It's way more important that your child has confidence that they understand their emotions and that they're feeling nervous and they can do something so simple like taking deep breaths to calm themselves down. And they need to know how to ask the teacher for help, for example. So let's bring it right back. And my book is about preparing a child for the things they do need to know going into reception. Yes, there is learning in there but it's just not sit down and do this worksheet to learn the numbers to 100. It's about the most important things that your child needs and hopefully that reassures parents as well. Yeah. I, I, I do hear everything you're saying. I mean, it's, it's so, it resonates with me because um, I've always known that children have had this thing that they learn through play, uh, whether that's through Lego bricks or, or, or just doing silly little things, you know, little science experiments and things. Um, but I think that certainly over here, I don't know what it was like in Spain, but certainly over here, things there was a, a shift when parents did have children at home during the first lockdown. Because what we thought was, you know, we were sending things home and asking them to do practical things, bearing in mind they were very small children going through something that we, we were all going through once every 100 or so years, pray God. I don't think there'll be any more. I hope there won't be any more in our time. But, um, but what we found was that parents did, started, did start doing that. They started to make 
things out in the garden. It was lovely weather over here then during that first lockdown. And people were making, you know, vehicles out of huge cardboard boxes. They were using old bed sheets to paint on as a family. They were making science experiments and volcanoes and things like that. And they were doing it in their back garden. And we had not seen that before. So out of this pandemic, as bad as it was and how difficult it was and how painful it was, we suddenly start to find families being together because they had to be, they couldn't go anywhere. And they started to play together and learn together. And, and, and that, that brought it really out and that resonates with me because we were getting all sorts of things back to school saying, look what I've done, look what I've built. I've built this robot, I've, I've, I've done this and I've built that and, and I did it with my mum. I baked with my mum for the first time. So I can see this handbook being an incredible help. Where where did you get all your ideas from, Lisa? Well, it's from my years of teaching, but it's also places like Pinterest. But then I have my teaching hat on and I always go, okay, but my child, for example, is more into panda bears. So I have an activity in there about feeding a panda that we've created. So it is seeing other things that are out there, but adapting it to my child. And that's the other thing about my book. It's kind of like, here's some ideas, but your child might not be into a panda bear. Perhaps they're into a polar bear, change it. Perhaps it's a unicorn. So it's just the idea. There is very clear materials that you can use. They're interchangeable, depending on what's in your house. And then there's a very clear step-by-step for those who need it. People don't necessarily have the time to look for the inspiration themselves. And that's why it's all compiled into one place for them they can go to this book and the fact that all of the images are very big and they're very colorful and very bright it really captivates the attention of your child and that's the most important thing because for them they can pick it up and they can flip through and be like oh can we try this because as you said the silver lining for a lot of families in the pandemic is that extra time together would, is this the sort of book we, that you would recommend a, a school, a, a, an infant school or a primary school working with young children? Is that the sort of thing they, they could use it in school? 100%. There are schools here in Madrid who are actually doing that because, again, there are schools here that are bilingual or some who are actually operating as a British school in Spain. And so they're looking for ideas in English especially to help those bilingual learners. So it's very, very popular here in infant schools and nurseries for that reason. Well, don't worry if you you miss that link, listeners. As always, all of the links will be on our podcast. And so all you'll have to do is just click the link or ask your smart speaker and it will take you straight to Lisa's website. Now, Lisa, what's happening in the future? What have you got next in the pipeline? So many wonderful things. I have been busy because... I just love helping people. I have another book here coming out, but I'm the co-author. And so there are 15 parents worldwide. So some from the United States, someone from Nigeria, someone from Australia, UK, here in Spain, all over, who are sharing our experience of handling the pandemic as being a mom or a dad. And it's not just focused on those who have young children, it's those who had teenagers, some who had um, younger children, perhaps with special needs and so on. And it's just like, this happened in my country, in my world, and this is what I learned and this is what I did. And it's to offer hope 
because writing it, I can't believe how cathartic this process was. I was in a blubber of tears a lot because it's actually been really, really difficult. And it has been the same for a lot of other people. So we want to empower people, inspire people, and leave people feeling with a little bit of hope that things will get better. And it's called The Parenting Odyssey. You're listening to Launchpad, the Dogthorpe Infant School podcast. From Madrid, we now go to Ashted in Surrey, where we meet Sarah Cole, and she's the Artistic Director with Head to Head Sensory Theatre. It's lovely to have you on the show, Sarah. Thank you very much, Dave, for having me. And hello, Eddie, in the background there. Eddie's <laughs> here with us. Um, could you please tell us about the great work that Head to Head Sensory Theatre do? Okay, so uh, we've been going for uh, about 15 years now. I've slightly lost track of the number of years. <laughs> Uh, and I've been on board with it as artistic director for about, I think it's six years now. I started out as an actor with them and then kind of got um, roped in more and being more the creative side. So I started to write the shows and then I was made artistic director. So all our shows are, we're totally geared towards um, children and young people with um, SEN. And so the shows, um, when we go out live, they are multi-sensory, uh, they're very immersive. Um, certainly our family shows, the ones we do in the holiday period, are immersive in that we kind of perform with the children up alongside us. Uh, they are interactive, lots of things to join in with, songs and multi-sensory moments like uh, when we did Toad on the Road, which was based on the Wind of the Willows. There was a lovely moment when we were sort of by the riverside and we had we built some little boats so kids could get in the boats and start rowing. And I had a kind of picnic with you know, fun things in them, in, in the basket. And uh, oh, it was also lots of fun things to do was you know, cleaning the boats with dusters and beating out the dust from rugs. So actually there was dust actually coming out of the rugs. So it was, it was all very sort of interactive and immersive. And, and we make it on sign as well. So um, that gives us another communication um, um, facility for them. And we use, and we use um, um, communication aids like, you know, Big Macs and things like that as well. So, we try to gear everything as far as we can to uh, children on a very broad spectrum of, of special needs. So, you know, we try to in, in, involve you know guys with PMLD just as much as as um, anybody else, and it's and it's inclusive because our shows are aimed very much at the families of of with children with special needs, not just it's not if that makes sense. So it's really inclusive in that everybody can come along and everybody hopefully has a great time because we want everyone to get involved and i'm very sort of story-led in that um even when i bring in the multi-sensory moments they've got to make relation there's a relationship with the story it's just not random things put in it's got to literally tie in with the story so it, it helps to translate that story then for the guys who have a different means of you know accessing story and imagination and um yeah and fun times we do take an awful lot for granted don't we as as human beings that i i I love going to the shows i love going to when we're open and we're allowed to and it's been difficult for for everybody during the pandemic but i love Mm. going to see a live show and i love taking children to see the pantomime but not all children can enjoy it we've got children at dogsthorpe infant school and we've had children at dogsthorpe infant school who find things like noise or crowds very difficult and that's what i love about i found your website and i looked at it and i thought this is fantastic work because with all the makaton stuff as well that's an added bonus but the fact Mm. that our children that do suffer and struggle with Mm. with those things that i've mentioned can actually enjoy a show 
That's yeah. a real, That's, yeah. real boon. And it and the fact that you're doing it to the families so they can all enjoy it together is is a yeah. double bonus. You know, we want everyone to have a fun time, but there's and everyone, everyone can access it on different levels. And what we try to do as well. Um, Dave, is that when um, we do our live stuff, um, the, the, certainly the family shows, we do a kind of um, a familiarisation session as well, so that for some young people who with autism who find it very hard to, as you say, mix with bigger groups or just understand the concept of theatre at all, um, on the first day that we're in a venue, we have a session where we say, come along, and it's not an actual show, it's just a kind of walk around the sets, maybe hear a little bit of the music, maybe do a few of the little multi-sensory moments, but there's no, it's a very small group. We make sure we keep the numbers down. It's taken at a very slow pace. Um, it's, it's not the whole show. It's just a kind of introduction going, because we, we perform in schools. We perform in SEN schools as a rule because we then take over the whole school virtually. We go from room to room. And uh, yeah, those sessions in around about 20 minutes just gives a chance for the child to kind of like chill, relax, meet us the actors understand how we work and then sometimes that's it that's all they do they, that, that's enough for them and that's lovely and but if they're happy they can stay on and then see the show in full in the afternoon and then that's great we'll come back the next day or even as we say sometimes look come and do them come and do the familiarization session this time and then when we're next in your area then maybe you want to kind of move up and do the show next time. So it just gives them a kind of a, ease them into, you know, what we do. And also what we provide as well is um, a room we, we call a sensory room where we just bring lots of things with us, um, multi-sensory toys and stuff like that. And we, one room we dedicate to that. So we say that during the show, if you need to kind of just take some time out, head off to that room, you know, with the parents, obviously, you know, have some time there with the carers, have some time there. And then if you feel you can join back in again, or if they're watching and they want to watch from a distance, we're generally in quite good sized rooms. So we say, no, if you want to just sit on the periphery, then just wait, you know, and then if you want to join in, lovely. If you don't, you just want to sit and watch, that's fine too. I mean, we do this thing at the beginning of the show is we kind of, um, when we chat to the families, we say, look, you know, when the actors are coming towards you with a multi-sensory moment, if, if at that moment you're kind of going, no, thank you, just kind of give us a gentle little thing, we'll go, okay, we'll just back away from you. <laughs> and then if you want us to, you know, come back, then encourage us back in later. So we, we kind of, we try to be very intuitive about how the children, uh, the young people are reacting. So if it's, if it's going well, fantastic. If you feel like, oh, they just need a bit of space, then we'll, we'll give them that space. Nothing, there's no kind of, um, you know, you don't have to join in. It's not compulsory to join in. It's the offer is there. And if you want to accept it, lovely. And if you'd rather not, then that's fine too. And equally, when the young people join in, sometimes they, they go off on a flight of fancy in their own <laughs> imagination and they take the storyline off somewhere else. We'll go with it. We don't mind. You know, we're not we're not rigid about things. And then we'll get back on track again and carry on. And I love those moments. Like they're, they're really fun when you stand there listening to a child and they're just telling you this amazing story. that has got nothing to do with what you're doing, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just brilliant. It's hilarious. It's so it's it's lovely because it shows that they're really in that moment they're enjoying yeah. it you know yeah. and they're engaged and they want to share and who can you know who can ignore that it's lovely yeah, and then, yeah, absolutely absolutely so it's good fun Good yeah, um, this obviously this this podcast goes out to a lot of schools, not just to Dogsthorpe Infant School, uh, and even to primaries, secondaries, special educational needs departments. Um, what can you offer? I know you're down there in in Surrey. I don't know no, what you're. I don't know what you're. Where's well, down the M25? I mean, you can get to anywhere on the M25. Who wants to go there? <laughs> Um, what, what is your cover, your, your traveling distance and, or what can you offer our schools in Peterborough, say? Well, we, we do come up 
a little bit further up north. We are hoping at some point that we can start touring, maybe doing a, a specific tour of the north, but we'd have to get, you know, a nice little kind of cohort of, um, of schools together to be able to do that, to be able to, you know, financially cope with that. But what we do have, if you can't access our live stuff, is we've got quite a lot of film things now. Uh, and, and the films really came about because of, um, because we couldn't tour. Because you know, yeah. last Christmas we couldn't tour at all. So it was... Um, that's we moved into sort of uh, more virtual stuff because of the pandemic. How are you? How are you funded? Are you? Uh, I mean, uh, you know, how does that? Is it a charity or what? Yes, we're a charity. Yes, right. I, um, uh, we obviously rely heavily on on funding, um, and we get sort of local council funding, um, short breaks funding, and we obviously get you know lottery funding. I think a lot of funds are obviously being you know pressed very heavily for support. Got some another pot of funding recently came through which i'm really delighted to say that we actually are now in the process of buying our own premises hopefully it's oh, going to go okay. through fairly soon and to start having a you know a, a base where the big plan you know further down the road obviously at the moment you know yeah. is um you know that we will have a base where young people were saying can come to us and we can train them work with them because we, we've got a kind of an awards program that's starting up and maybe we can even do shows from there and we would love to have at some point again that's it's it's a very exciting time for head to head it's kind of um yeah, we're moving forward, but it's all, you know, as with all these things, it's like, you know, rapidly expanding business. It's all kind of as well, ah, you know, mm. <laughs> it's quite scary. Lots yeah. of things going yeah. at the same time, yeah. Yeah. trying to juggle yeah. it all. And we're relying a lot on volunteers as well. I mean, our, our administrator, our chief administrator is completely volunteer based. Um, Annie, she's amazing. She, she does everything just as a volunteer. If we didn't have her, we'd be really in trouble. You've got some great patrons as well, haven't you? Because you've got Sally oh, Phillips. Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, Sally Phillips, amazing. Yeah, oh, lovely, gifted actress her. there. I mean, yeah, super it, actress yeah. and lovely lady. Absolutely. And Samantha Rank. Yeah, She's, and um, Samantha you know, too, yeah. She, yeah. she is, you know, very big in, you know, out there in the world, uh, you know, in media and stuff like that. She's amazing. I, I worked with her um, as actors together many, many years ago. So when I approached her, I said, would you like to come on patron? Uh, so mm. <laughs> it's mm. great. And... Um, Oh yeah, we've um, got yeah, amazing people on board. So yeah, we're very, very yeah. lucky. That. Yeah. So, so listeners, um, you can take this from different ways. Really, the first thing what any of you need to do is to get over to the website, which is h two h sensorytheatre dot com. Now, don't worry if you haven't got that. I shall attach all the details of Head to Head to the podcast. If you've got a child who um, suffers with with this, this issue about not being able to enjoy a show, here is a, a sensory theatre company that will help you out. There, If you are thinking about supporting a, a charity, have a look at their website and see whether oh. you can give them a little bit of your, your money because they're thank doing you. some fantastic work. Thank you so much. Sarah, thank you for your time today. It's no been wonderful listening to the work. Long may it continue because we need people like you in our country doing this sort of work because it Thank is you. sad when we have to make a decision about a child at Dogsthorpe that we think we can't take them to the pantomime because we know that they're not going to enjoy it because of the, the needs that they've got. And it's great that we can then point them towards something that they and their families can enjoy. So, Sarah, thank you, and my very best wishes to head to head and give our regards from Dogthorpe Infant School to everyone at the theatre. Captain Dave and Eddie will be back again soon for another learning journey on the Dogsthorpe Infant School launch pad. Commence system shutdown.
This podcast is sponsored by Eddie Edster, the Dogsorp Infant School Wellbeing Dog, part of Hampton Academy's Trust. It's the school where stars learn to dream, believe and shine.